This TES podcast is sponsored by Artsmark Award, the only creative quality standard for schools and education settings accredited by Arts Council England. Artsmark supports schools to develop and celebrate their commitment to arts and cultural education, providing a clear and flexible framework for you to embed creativity across the whole curriculum and address school improvement priorities. The programme also helps build young people's confidence, character and resilience, as well as supporting their health and well-being. Register today at artsmark.org.uk to join this network of over 4,000 schools championing arts, culture and creativity. Hello, welcome to this TES podcast, where today we're discussing the importance of cultural education and engagement opportunities for pupils and how schools can best deliver these. I'm delighted to be joined by two fantastic guests for this discussion. Jane Healy, Cultural Enrichment Officer at the David Ross Education Trust, and Andrea Zafaraku, the 2018 Global Teacher Prize winner, who's an arts and textiles teacher at Alperton Community School in North West London, and the founder and CEO of charity Artist in Residence. So thank you both for being here today to chat with us. Thank you. Um, thank you. Great. And I thought before we dive into this quite a big topic, it might be nice to just start with sort of maybe start with you, uh, Jamie. What were some of your sort of early experiences you remember of deep, you know, arts and culture at school? I think any of my um, real strong memories of uh, school, especially early school, uh, was always things to do with art. Um, I thought I was a terrible student. Anything other than art, I really didn't remember. Um, but anything sort of with a practical element. So the only things I remember of sort of uh, science lessons were the stuff that was actually hands-on. So therefore, you know, the nature of art, anything to do with painting, making, building, um, always stuck very strongly. Mm, excellent. And, and Andrew, what about you? I remember when I was, it was the first few days of my class one, so year one at the primary school, and I was asked to make a collage of my family, and I made one of my father, and I remember cutting out some fake fur and putting that for his beard, and some cool drawers for his trousers. I can actually remember the, the cloth that I used, so um, yeah, that's, that's probably one of my earliest memories. That's great. I think for the for balance, I should have my memory, which is yeah. that we had to. We I went to school in Cornwall, and we had to all bring a sort of Cornish folk tale or something to to a lesson. Then we turned a big mural. We wanted to paint our story into a mural, into this mural. And my story was chosen as the main image right in the middle of the mural. And I was really proud of that. that my story was deemed them sort of somehow the best or something to go in the middle. So, yeah. Well, great. I think that's a really nice sort of discussion. The idea that I get art, we remember them from such a young age. Sort of, we're seeing that there. Um, so, Andrew, I suppose it sort of leads in quite nicely to tell you why it's so important that we give children these opportunities to have arts and culture experiences at school. How can we do it best? Oh, I just, I, the thought of not having the opportunity as a young person to be in an art room or a creative environment, to play, to to have fun, to um, be inquisitive, to collaborate with other people, to experiment. I, If that's not learning, then I'm not sure what is really. And I think for our young children now, and I teach in a secondary school, so I see that there is an urgent need for our young people to have the opportunity to be creative, to be in an art room, to make mistakes, to master a technique, to I mean, you know, it sounds pathetic, but to learn how to use a pair of scissors, to learn how to draw a basic shape, um, you know, it, it's, it's almost a privilege to be, to, you know, to be a student and to be experiencing the arts in, in school. And interestingly, you mentioned things like drawing a basic shape and, and scissors and so forth, which, like you say, it might sound a bit simplistic, but actually, if, if that's the sort of level we need to start from, then so be it, because that's where it leads to all the good stuff that comes afterwards. And it sounds like you're also saying 
that needs to be the the base level has to be there for the, the good stuff to come afterwards. And not just the good stuff, but we're talking about you know um, employment. So mm. I think there was a report I read recently whereby surgeons are now um, um, going back to drawing basic skills in order for them to control the materials for when they're using when they're undertaking surgery. So it's about mastery, it's about craft, um, and I think this is something that our subjects are really great at, at mm. um, promoting. Right. And, and Jamie, obviously, you, you must engage with a lot of different schools in your role. Yeah, you must yeah. see the importance of this, and, and and I guess like the positive impact it can have. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the biggest aspects of our um, of our arts program is a, a dance program. So just uh, to what Andrew was saying about the, the basic skills. Um, nationally, there's a huge issue with physical literacy at the moment and the ability to do basic things such as to jump, to run, to skip. And we've found that the introduction of uh, a dance program has sort of found a way in to introduce these skills but kind of in, in a fun and interactive way rather than a, a rigid tick list of oh you need to be able to jump you need to be able to throw a ball let's try and work that into something more creative let's empower the children to work with those processes to be able to um, build into something they're proud of making mm-hmm. such as a dance piece mm-hmm. Do you think um, enough I guess not just teachers, but people in education more broadly. Do you think that message, that what you both t- touched on there, is, is understood and is getting through? Or is there a bit of a disconnect where it's arts is just one thing on its own and then there's the curriculum over here? And really, that I think, again, someone else said about you can link the two together quite nicely a lot of the time. I think there has been a disconnect um, over time, but I think we are slowly bridging that gap. I mean, um, so the, the initiative such as uh, ArtsMark has enabled us to to provide a focal point for all of our lessons and all of the curriculum provision uh, and figure out what are we doing artistically within our everyday lessons um, and how can that contribute towards uh, the artistic aims of every school. So how can we look at the arts value of a science lesson? How can we look at the arts value of history and geography um, and use those uh, I hate the term soft skills, but uh, I'm going to call them essential skills. Mm-hmm. So use those essential skills within the core course. Life skills. There we go. Let's That's call them life skills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then back to your point about the, the, the surgeons. Uh, they are essential skills that support mm-hmm. things that are perhaps more valued in, in structured elements of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, is that something that you see on, you know, on the front line of teaching, shall we say, you know, in, in a school? Do you think... You obviously have a massive focus and belief in this, and do you think that translates well into the what you see here? You know, do you do you get the children engaged with the opportunities they're given? Oh, they they thrive. They thrive on our subjects. They run to the classrooms. They want to be part of it. Um, but I think the question here is about brave leadership and having leaders in schools who look at their their cohorts are able to say that actually our students will definitely benefit from this particular um, enrichment or activity or subject um, and if you've got the value within the leadership team then I think that will then embed and filter through for the rest of the school um, and it's for me that's 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 the problem in most of the areas where I've been uh, where I've um, met and other, and other teachers that I've spoken to um, but in terms of the value, they are they are so 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 fundamental, and 
my worry is that they're becoming more as an after school and enrichment where it shouldn't be like that. It's there's subjects where they have to be incorporated in the in the core, in the heart of every single curriculum. They're so, so, so important, so significant, and they can make a tremendous difference to a young person achievement throughout their career. Is it difficult because sometimes you, you can't put a sort of a a value metric on what they get from the arts. You can see it happening, yeah. but when you go to a meeting thereafter, is, it, is, it, is that difficult sometimes? Or, you know, is it, do we need a better way of standardising or something like that? Again, I think it comes... Well, I, I, I think it comes from the top. I think it's how as, how, as a, um, how as a government do we value the arts in education? I mean, and when we're looking at, for example, the EBAP, which secondary schools are used to be measured by, um, there's no art subjects in the EBAP. Mm-hmm. So I think that's caused a huge, huge problem in terms of looking at the mindset of are the arts valued? Um, And they're highly skilled areas. And yes, we know that there is a massive link between um, careers and employments and how valuable the creative uh, skills are for for future employers. Um, But I'm not sure there's something that links the curriculum, the examinations that our students have to undertake and preparing them for the for the future in terms of work there's a gap there Mm -hmm. if we had more of a skills-based curriculum what are the skills we're trying to develop then i think that's somewhere that the arts will automatically be the first subjects you go towards um, to find the problems the solutions for because they encompass so many different types of skills um and i think that's what we need now i think we need to be looking at more skills-based and skills ideas in terms of looking at Mm -hmm. curriculums I totally agree with what Andrea is saying here. Uh, I mean, the arts industry alone is one of the largest and fastest growing industries yeah. in itself, not to mention the other areas of industry that arts and creative kind of out-of-the-box thinking supports. I think there, there was uh, a survey or something done of top industries, so uh, Google, Virgin, mm-hmm. and they said, what do you want from your future workforce? Uh, and out-of-the-box thinking and creativity ranked as one of the highest answers from, from big employers. So they want people who can think creatively around problems. They want people who can work within uh, within teams and with other people uh, towards a sort of creative goal. And I think, at the moment, like what you said with the EVAC, we, we're not supporting those vital skills. It's kind of a, a shove out into the workforce and here, develop them within your own time. And they're just isn't the facilities to do that now it has to be done within school and within the curriculum you're, you're absolutely right and it's very interesting that how creative the creative industries of the uk and the demand for creativity is, is there in the workforce and yet from what you're saying what you, what you hear more generally is there is this lack of focus on it what's what what would be some solutions then is, is it funding is it teacher time i mean do either of you want to sort of offer a thought on what are some of the sort of real big level things that could be that could help address this that like a government could do i think what could happen sorry to interrupt quite so quickly (laughs) i think that's something which will help my my world and the the voices of many teachers in my in my community would be to either have a look at what the schools are having to be accountable for so if the e-back is a measure that's fine let's add an art subject in the e-back or let's remove the e-back because i've not seen a job application which says to a student or a you know uh, someone who's applying do you have the English baccalaureate? Do you have that tick box? I don't, I've not seen that. So how is that important for our students? So that could be one thing. Another thing which I think is really, really, really vital is by bringing more of the 
the artists, the dancers, the filmmakers, the the you know the professionals, bring them into schools, more projects with schools, what we're doing in both of our organisations. Because unless our students see the career, unless they see the role model, what they can aspire to do, then I'm not sure that they know how to get there or that there is actually a job which they will fit into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely agree with everything you've just said there. Um, but and I know that Ofsted are looking at bringing in the criteria. I think it's quite a recent announcement uh, to, I think, look at the wider aspects of, of each school uh, and what they're doing to support the, sort of the spiritual, the moral uh, kind cultural of content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that's it, the, the mm-hmm. cultural capital mm-hmm. um, of students' education. But again, with, with every change, we were due to see the long-term impact mm-hmm. of, of such a thing. But like your suggestion for an introduction of something within EPAC, something like that would be a, a good solution. Um, Andrew, obviously, interesting you talk about getting people who have these careers, getting them into schools. I know that's something you're obviously doing your charity, Artist in Residence. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Why is that important? Is it about that demystification of what, what does a, an artist do all day? So even my experience, my father, when I said, Dad, I want to do GCSE art, he goes to me, no. <laughs> he said, you know, and the, the answer is, what job can you get from this? And a lot of my students who I've taught, and especially in our, in our um, community we have here, their parents have got high expectations and high aspirations for them. They would like them to be the doctors or scientists or medics in, or bankers in that area, which is amazing. But then you just see the talent in front of you. You see a child who is who is clearly gifted and you say to them, like, this is this is actually your destiny. You will, whatever happens, come back to this, but this is what you should be doing. And it's given them that, that confidence, that self-esteem. And I think what happened to me was that I had my teacher brought an artist, her friend, into school. She was a textile designer. And the first thought, I, the first idea right and, I, and the first question I said to her is like you mean I can have a job doing this mm-hmm. and my life just turned around I, I I thought right okay I now know what I would like to be and whether or not I did eventually become that um, it still puts you on the right track because you're asking questions what do I need to do what A levels do I need to do where do I need to go to university or you know what who do I need to contact and I think that's what our young people need they need to see the, the end result, the vision, what they could be. And I think as a teacher, I could say to you, you'd be great as a doctor, you'd be great as that. But just by watching a child having a conversation with the doctor, with a lawyer, with an artist, whoever, that's where the spark, that's where the magic happens and that's what our children need. And is that what you see with, with the, when, you, when you bring someone into a school? It's presumably? beautiful, it's absolutely incredible and yes, I do see that. And the reports that we get back from our artists in the schools, you know, when you... When you hear a little, uh, a six-year-old saying, you know, I want to be an illustrator. This is, I want to draw for, you know, it's beautiful. Mm. Or when you see somebody um, who wants to go into film or, it, it is incredible. It's, it's wonderful to think that. And whether or not they do become that, it doesn't matter. As long as they're taking up something that's creative and something that's fulfilling and knowing that their skills, their their passion, their, their um their talent is is right and, they, and they, they should own that and follow that. I think that's, that's what's key here. And so, Jamie, your role obviously takes you into different schools, engaging with different schools. Again, are you aware of schools doing this enough, getting people in to talk to, to people? Sort of yeah, that's kind of one of the, the, the main feature of, uh, of our, um, our artist programme as the Artists in Residence, which is ironically the, the name of your, your charity. Um, I think there's something to be said about the demographic of our schools, uh, with most of our schools being in areas of deprivation. Uh, it's really good to see how enthused the, the parents are with 
the pupils coming into school and being excited about something. Uh, and we found it's the arts topics that causes that level of excitement. So parents are happy because children are happy to be coming to in, in school and actually engaging with what um, with what they're there to learn. And the arts yeah. is, is mm. the main facilitator for that. Um, and like you said, artists in residence is the uh, the main driver for that. So we have dance artists in residence, uh, musicians, um, and uh, visual artists coming in. But this is happening on a weekly basis. We do allow our schools to kind of have uh, an freedom, so they can choose what kind of artist mm-hmm. comes in, as long as it aligns with the the, the wider program that we're offering. Um, they, we find that they tailor this to their uh, their strong suit within each school. Mm. Do you think then? This is, I mean, is this a free, who, who's paying for this, the funding thing, we'd sort of come around to, because you said music there, it made me think, well, that's great, but who, is there enough musical instruments in schools these days? Uh, it's can't no, no, there isn't, but uh, our trust is connecting with uh, sort of local opportunities such as music hubs, um, and a lot of our funding and support comes from the school's own fundraising, uh, and we're very, very lucky as a trust to have a benefactor, David Ross, who contributes from his own personal uh, pocket to be able to fund our programme. But it's just if, if you're passionate enough about this, there, there are pots of money out there, so approaching the Arts Council, various other charities. Um, but it's not just enough to kind of have the income, it's what you do with it mm. um, and how you direct it to make it uh, first of all, um, last as long as possible, not just the money, but, but the impact, making sure you're investing in things that are um, that they're going to sustain the school for a long time. And musical instruments is one of those because they last for a long time and they could be used for, uh, for a number of years uh, for, for musical education. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, investment is very, very, uh, very strong. Uh, if, if I was to ever give any kind of advice towards arts education, it's invest and be careful how you invest those funds. Andrew, do you see that as well? I mean, do you appreciate maybe you can't talk directly about your own school study, but more generally, funding, is that, is it an excuse sometimes to teachers use it as an excuse to not put stuff on? Yeah, absolutely, but I don't think it is a teacher excuse. I think it comes down from the budgets which are allocated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are not enough, there's not enough budgets in schools for and to cater for, for the arts. So I know from my experience that the arts budget in this school is one of the highest budgets we have because of the cost of the materials, um, and that's expected. But you know, head teachers in other schools have got to really think about, you know, am I going to put, um, I need a maths teacher to go into this classroom. I need a maths teacher. What do I need? What am I going to sacrifice for that? And unfortunately, you know, these are some of the very difficult, challenging decisions that head teachers have got to make. Um, but I just wish there was some kind of pot um, with a leprechaun at the end of it, <laughs> an endless source whereby schools can apply to and say this is what we'd like to do, this activities, but also that could help um, charities and organisations such as us who, you know, we, we see the benefit, we know what the benefits are by helping artists go into the schools as well to support their young people. Um, so I hope, I, I wish there was more of a focus and a support from all areas to do this. Mm. And you said earlier that you sort of worry sometimes that the arts is going to become an after-school 
It, I'm really worried uh, because, uh, you know, looking at the curriculum that we've got there and the examinations, especially secondary, you know, they're very, very hard. They're very, very hard. And I don't know how we can deliver what we deliver in the school days. And as a result of that, you know, you've got to be creative. You're thinking, how can, where can I find an extra half an hour to teach this? Where can I have an, an extra half an hour? Um, but by doing that, what are you doing? You're pushing aside all the other uh, subjects, all the other skill-based um, qualifications that our children need. Um, and the arts will always be some of them, mm-hmm. and that and that's that's my biggest worry. If we start doing extracurricular pr- um, provision, who, how can we guarantee that every single child will benefit from that? How can we guarantee the quality of that provision? How can we guarantee the, sale- the sustainability of that provision? You know, hand and heart, I don't think we can. Well, perhaps one of the biggest battles we have at the moment is uh, showing that other subjects can be taught in an artistic way mm-hmm. so how can a science teacher make use of, of artistic resources to teach subjects in science and same goes for history for geography um, and again I'll come back to the, the arts mark that kind of puts a focus on to the schools to, to do that because everything that they do that is artistic regardless of whether it's in an arts lesson or not goes towards that accreditation and mm-hmm. uh, we've we found that schools they, they love a shiny badge next yeah. to their name <laughs> so if it's going to go towards them achieving the arts mark then great mm-hmm. but it's about changing the whole school culture we've found and that has been a very very long process for the trust so for example uh, a pupil going out of a math lesson to attend a music lesson it's not a case of oh okay but here's, here's what you're missing for the rest of the lesson it's the attitude change of, oh, brilliant, would you like to come and show me uh, something you've been learning within your music lessons? Or would you like to come and show me your instrument sometime? It's the attitude change from the schools to make the schools uh, value on a wider scale and not having it as that kind of standalone modular aspect that I think mm-hmm. you were referring to. It's quite interesting because I've, I've spoken to quite a few primary school teachers and especially newly qualified teachers, NQTs, and the one thing they come up with, you know, they come up to me and I have so many emails and, and uh, messages saying to me, look, how can I, how can I deliver, how can I do, deliver art better in my school, especially when, when they were training, they only had one or two or three days dedicated to their teacher practice for the arts. Mm-hmm. So what I'm, what I'm talking about now is the confidence to deliver something. And the, um, the, the focus on the professional development for teachers to enable them to deliver a creative subject. But, you know, I mean, um, in terms of what we're talking about music, so there's so much maths in music. And exactly. with music yeah. as well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's about the absolute master, mastery, the perfection of the musical of the sound. In maths, geometry, Islamic patterns, it's all about symmetry. Mm-hmm. So there are ways, and that's what we do here, we try and find ways of bridging gaps, so doing lots of cross-curricular projects whereby you can, you know, the art teachers work well with the maths teachers, and there is so much, um, you know, fusion taking place. So that mm-hmm. works well, but you're right, it's about the culture, getting that culture, getting the opportunities for teachers to sit and talk and share ideas, getting the investment on professional development, that's where we need to focus mm-hmm. things on. Perhaps a social experiment, uh, you could put the head of science in charge of the uh, school production one year and see how that goes. Maybe that fosters a, an element of appreciation. <laughs> or... well, it's interesting you say that because I spoke to a teacher recently who said one thing they did when they were sort of trying to boost their arts provision from a low level was they just put a call out in the staff room to say what creative skills do you yeah. have? And they, they found all these people could sing and dance yeah. and had done poetry recitals in their spare time. Mm. You know, and actually people who from different departments had a, an interest in the arts 
but they just didn't think it was for them. Or they looked at it as, oh, that's the arts teacher's responsibility. Mm. It's not my, I'm a maths teacher, I'm a science teacher. Mm. So maybe some ways schools need to just get people to say, what can you do? What talents have you got? Show off a bit. Say, actually, I can play the piano. I can, I can sing quite well. And, like an open dialogue. Yeah, and it just gets you thinking. And then I think this person said that they got them two people in different parts to sit together and work out how could you integrate the, each other's skill and, and lesson mm. into you know, each other's. And I guess it's a time thing, but it shows that if you ask, you don't know unless you don't ask, you don't ask. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something their teachers in schools could be a bit more open about the skills they've got sitting in their classroom, in their staff room, sorry. I don't remember my school days. We had, um, I can't remember, they were called island days or something where, where you kind of had a little sample of everything, that things that weren't necessarily curriculum-based but perhaps more skills-based. Uh, that could maybe be a forum for uh, teachers to say, actually, I do uh, singing in my spare time, so why don't I run singing workshops mm. half an hour on these? So almost like open days and allow teachers, like I said, to, to show off these extra skills that they've got. So I'm going to boast. Okay. Because <laughs> we, we do that here already. We, so we've got, um, I mean, I think it's one of the, it's a very good recruitment. So when you when you you know advertise when you're meeting new teachers, you know what what other skills you do? Then you've got you've got taekwondo dans who are who are teaching in your school. You've got um you know knitting pioneers. Uh, so we do do quite a lot of that for our teacher well being, and so so we do lots of cross curricular, and then that develops that sparks into other things and other things. You know we've got the Alberton Bake Off here. You know that's <laughs> so um, I think yeah I I I think it's a great idea to kind of make sure that. We we just do that human touch. What else can you do? What are your hobbies? What are your passion subjects? And see where that goes. With that being said, in, in one of our schools, we have uh, the school receptionist actually leading the dance workshop uh, and the specialist dance trip because that's her interest outside um, outside of her you know, nine to five office job. So, but a lot more of that. I think that's something that other schools could take forward. That sort of like open allows to kind of say the arts is for everybody just because you're a maths teacher doesn't mean you can't be artistic mm-hmm. as well which is interesting because if there is this focus on cultural capital and so forth then surely getting teachers of, from any subject just would be open about their arts ability and open children up to new experiences and new skills and new you know famous composers or poets whatever it might be that's all for the good isn't it and that's all working towards this idea of cultural capital so it sounds like the things could actually work out quite well if you did that mm. That's wonderful. I mean, having a school which has got this hot, which from from the top, you have got somebody who's celebrating the fact that um, it has to be everyone has got to buy into cultural capital. You know, what? Where did you go over the weekend? What's your passion? You know, what have you read recently? And that then gets filtered throughout the school. Uh, I think that's the kind of schools that everyone would love to work in, be involved in, but also want to learn in as well. This is the kind of utopia vision. Oh, yeah. Where... I've got faith. <laughs> I have faith. I have faith. It's not unreachable. I'm, I'm not... glass half full always. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I do believe it comes from the top. If you have a, if you have, it, everything's about leadership. If a leader is celebrates um, cultural capital, cultural vision, um, the arts, the, the everything, literature, the beauty of literature... Uh, I think that's when, and it filters down, that's when the whole school can buy in. It's embedded into everything that you do. And alongside that, perhaps the, the governing body also, mm. um, as mm-hmm. a lot of the decisions are made Absolutely. on that side of thing, we appoint um, an arts mark governor or an arts lead governor. Mm. Um, so I, I was governor of a primary school locally for a while, naturally was the appointed mm. arts lead. But it's about making sure that the arts are factored into those key decisions mm. when they're scrutinising budget, when they're scrutinising teacher time, You've got someone to stand up for the art, someone to say, actually, this is valuable and here's why. 
But don't you find that there is a quite a battle though? Because I know that is very, um, I know that a lot of the problems which some schools have is the trips. So taking students out on trips and the missing time of that, and how do you how do you value how do you quantify that missing time? You're taking the kids out. You've got three hours. They're missing three hours of science. When are you going to get that back? So I think. Um, that's a huge pressure that I know that, that most schools are experiencing as well. What the balance between that? It's very much long-term data, though, isn't it? So you won't really know the impact of all these right. enrichment-type mm. things until they have entered mm. later um, into their careers, uh, and then they actually, I'm drawing from my experience of this trip, or I'm drawing mm. experience of this time we had a visit. So it would be interesting to look at a long-term study, but that's the only one I think. I'll tell you what, James, what you can guarantee is that the thing that you will remember is the day you went out with your mates and you went to London, or the day you went on this trip, or the day you fell in the pond, or the day... That's what you will remember. Um, the thing which was slightly extraordinary over your school day, the thing that was fun, the, the time when you're working with other students, the time when you're problem-solving, that's what you learn. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, is it? Because it's like it's no different when you're an adult. If you do the same thing all day, every day, you would... Go, go mad you need a break you need something different and we all have ways in our careers where we do different day, you days out our students then yeah. <laughs> you imagine what's going on yeah. in our so schools you, you need that ability but when you can when, it, when all these good things come from it it does seem like well yeah schools need to find the time for yeah. it, presumably and fight the corner like you've you mm. both discussed and I do think we forget the human factor of learning sometimes and the human factor of learning is that drive of curiosity mm. is allowing them to be playful, to be creative. Um, I think it was uh, Sir Ken Robinson said that the mm. current uh, education system stifles creativity and therefore stifles the learning process. So, you know, bring back more arts, bring back mm. more options to be creative and to be expressive. Mm. Which is so interesting because, as you say, so many employers now say they want creativity, mm-hmm. and yet even on CVs, most people put their creative. Pursuits right at the bottom with like a line or two. That's so very interesting. I never, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, it's almost, right. almost a bit embarrassing, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, yeah. Do they want to know that I play yeah, the guitar? Yeah. yeah. But, but like I say, if, if everyone else, if that's how you differentiate people, or it shows that they've got that creative mindset, that's all, that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. so everyone seems to understand that, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not like we're putting in enough, all the good stuff in schools to let that shine as or, much as it could. Or we're not, or that's not, um, we're not, we're not focusing on that. So we're not saying that this is important. It happens, you know, it happens. So it's there. We know it happens. We know it's everywhere, but we're not going to focus on that. Instead, we're going to focus on this instead. The discussion here has gone onto quite a lot of areas, but there seems to be, you both seem fairly positive, certainly positive on the benefits, and certainly positive that there are things teachers can do, things that schools can do. And if funding, you know, the magic funding, magic money tree of funding isn't guaranteed, then you've got to find other ways of addressing this. What are some of the sort of practical things you'd suggest to other teachers' schools to do to really, if they want to kickstart their arts provision, if they really want to make this as important as they believe it to be, how can they do that? There are lots of things they can do. For example, they can connect with both our organisations, because what we're doing is providing artists to come into the schools to work with the schools. But I would say even better than that, just meet with other teachers in other schools, network, use incredible platforms that there are, social media platforms, find out what is good practice, talk try it out, experiments, if it doesn't work, do it again, have fun, be creative. And for me, the most important thing that I reflect on is, you know, if I was a child sitting in your class, would I enjoy the learning experience? I like that. I like that final point. So turn it around. Um, 
make it think from the child's perspective. That's very good. Um, my advice to anybody in teacher profession that wanted to make things more creative, uh, first of all, speak to your art teacher. Uh, how can you integrate or how can you make your math lessons? How can you make your science or geography? How can you make it more artistic? Start a dialogue. Don't be afraid to place value in creativity and arts. Mm -hmm. Feel free to be that standalone voice. Feel free to be a trailblazer within your school. Pretty soon you'll you'll be the person that other people are coming to. Oh, how can I make this more creative? How can I make this more artistic? We're planning an arts day. Would you like to take the lead on it? Um, don't be afraid to, to show that value, I think. Um, and to, to emphasize Andrew's point, communicate, build networks, um, and start the conversation. Great, I think that's some fantastic ideas and a really interesting discussion, so thank you both very much for your time and insights today. Thank you very much. Yeah.